0: This Connect podcast series is brought to you by Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome. I'm Karen Cole, Editor-in-Chief of Talent Talks and Life Online. around us changes we need to change with it staying relevant and efficient is no longer a given we have to work for it by developing the skills required to deliver value to stay ahead of the curve listen as i chat with dr eric albertini from the futurefit academy about how we can prepare for the world ahead during this series eric and i will be discussing the three categories or pillars on which the futurefit academy is built These are teaching new ways of thinking, leveraging new opportunities and engaging with others. Welcome, Eric. It's great to have you with us today.
1: Thanks, Karen. Thank you for having me.
0: Fantastic. So, Eric, you and I are really chatting about what is part one of getting fit for the future. The series that we'll be recording. And today we're specifically going to focus in on the new ways of thinking. Tell us, first of all, a little bit of an introduction to yourself. Now you have a long history in the field of education. Tell us a bit about your background and how Future Fits Academy came into being.
1: So I started my academic journey, in fact, in finance, I studying a BCOM, then a BCOM in financial management. It's then that I changed direction. I was working at the time for one of the leading consulting firms with one of the senior partners. It was decided that I could play a role in the learning and development department. And I moved out of the more financial side of the business into the learning and development space where I helped them set up a global learning and development function. And that took me then into the space of leadership development, learning and development. I then continued with my studies I did a master's and a PhD in leadership development, carried on with this consulting firm until I then worked for one of the universities, the University of Stellenbosch, and then worked for a company called the Centre for Creative Leadership, all in the space of designing and delivering Learning and development and leadership development journeys.
0: Fantastic. And Eric, tell me, with this long history in education, how have you seen the landscape change over the years?
1: Two parts to that, Karen. I think the one is people that need learning and development don't have time to learn and develop. We are all, I think, starved for time. And it's no different to the audience that require the learning and development. So one of the trends is people wanting quicker, faster, more just-in-time micro or nano learning bites. This appetite for these long, drawn-out journeys, I don't think is working. It's not certainly working for the audience that we deliver to. That's the first thing. And of course, the other big change is in in the modalities. People want to learn by having fun. They want to learn from each other. So Lots of change in the peer-to-peer learning, social learning, people learning through games and gamification or gamified learning, people learning from action learning projects. So it's not the same as it may have been 20 years ago, which is the guru on the stage, the faculty stands up in front of the group and teaches. Very much not that anymore.
0: No. Eric, Future Fits Academy interprets the shifting landscape as a need for leaders to develop a new set of skills based on the new complexity we are faced with. In what way can you give us the from-to scenario in terms of leadership specifically? What are the major shifts that we've seen?
1: Karen, I think the answer to that question has its roots in the disruptors. So the trends that we are all aware of that are going on in the world of work. And these trends cause disruption in the workplace. So the obvious example is technology, is what's going on with technology and the trend in technology. And clearly that trend in technology causes change and disruption in the workplace. Now, first of all, the the disruption, we tend to interpret as negative, but it need not be. I think we've come to interpret disruption as bad, whereas in fact, in many instances, the change or the disruption can lead to improvement or the betterment of the workplace. But the point is that the leaders have to shift how they think, what they know and how they behave to deal with disruption in the workplace. It's the old story of whatever got them to where they are now may not be sufficient to get them to navigate this future world of work. So that's where we say they have to adopt to deal with these disruptions and this change in the workplace, they have to adopt new ways of thinking, They have to spot and leverage opportunities and then obviously engage and connect with others in a different way to how they may have done it up to now. Absolutely.
0: And Eric, specifically within the first module offered by Future Fit Academy, which is focused on these new ways of thinking, there are five core skills that you've identified that leaders need to develop in order to shift this way of thinking. Could you tell us a little bit more about what these are and how are they interrelated?
1: Sure, Karen. So these skills, they've been around for a while. It, they're not completely new, as it were. They have become more relevant. And the new world of work has highlighted the importance for leaders to master these skills and thinking in this way. So in that category, new ways of thinking, leaders of the future have to adopt new ways of thinking. We include the five skills, which are curiosity, so that is cultivating a curious mind. That's about developing strategic questions, asking powerful questions. The importance of curiosity is that one who has a curious mind suspends judgment. And then, of course, because they are curious, they tend to be better thinkers, better critical thinkers, and they have more perspectives to draw from. The second one is a growth mindset. So growth mindset, again, has been around for ages, but in the new world of work, it is absolutely critical that individuals, leaders, teams, and organizations adopt this attitude of, I can grow, I can develop the skills I need to. With effort and perseverance, I'm not fixed and limited to a certain skill set. Linked to growth mindset is the learning agility. And learning agility is about knowing what to do when you don't know what. Learning agility is about tapping into your life experiences. It's about understanding how to unlearn and detach from what no longer serves you. And it's about integrating learning from many different facets of your life. So that's the third one, learning agility. The fourth one is dealing with paradox. The world of work will require thinking that deals with both and instead of either or so dealing with paradox is the thinking that allows one to straddle these seemingly contradictory polar opposites and stay with both sides and it's there that you will find opportunities it's this ability to think both and to straddle these polar opposites that innovation happens and the last one is the tolerance of ambiguity so the future of the work will require leaders to be comfortable with and to embrace uncertainty and ambiguity. As we know, Karen, the world of work will become increasingly more ambiguous and uncertain, And Leaders have to be comfortable to find peace, so to speak, with this uncertainty and ambiguity. And those five are interrelated. If you have a growth mindset, it'll be easier to cultivate a curious mind. And in fact, they go together because if you're curious, it'll enable a growth mindset. But to be learning agile, you need to have a growth mindset and be curious. And then the dealing with paradox, the thinking both and and finding comfort with ambiguity and uncertainty, which is tolerance of ambiguity go together. So these five skills enable, as I say, individuals, leaders and teams to think and to interpret the world around them differently.
0: Fantastic. Eric, I'm interested, they're a very interesting set of skills and I know between part one and part two, we're going to delve into more detail around each of them. But let's start off with two things that that piqued my interest here is curiosity and growth mindset how do you actually teach those because a lot of us come into these situations and obviously a fixed or growth mindset it's not one or the other we have them and we might have a growth mindset in in one particular area but a fixed mindset in in another and again with curiosity some people are just naturally more curious so how do you teach that karen on
1: curiosity i think we come from it from the perspective that uh, and this has been well researched that we were all as humans born innately curious. So so the need to discover, the need to explore, the need to venture out and to be inquisitive, to have this inquiry in mind was an innate ability that people are born with. And through the years, it's knocked out of us through societal conditioning, some of the schooling systems, parenting. So. We teach it by first focusing on the neuroscience of it, that there's a direct correlation between the brain, neurotransmitters, chemicals that the brain releases in anticipation of discovering something new. And we create a space when we teach this that everyone can and is curious, that there's a neurological perspective or background to to curiosity. We also, it's important that one understands what may be pre preventing one from being curious. So part of our skills training gets the individuals to probe and understand the inhibitors that they may have to being curious. And an obvious one is the high need for certainty. So if somebody has a very high need for certainty, in other words, if they don't, if they really don't like uncertainty, they, again, the human brain, which is a predictor machine, is wired to seek certainty. But for some people, it is way higher than others. Why is that? So we work with individuals and teams to understand, for them to understand what the inhibitors are. And then we go into practices. There are a set of practices that one can put into practice relatively easy that one can incorporate into their daily routine and rituals and behaviors that slowly make one more curious. For example, one of the practices, Karen we work with is we teach people and we give people the tool to start questioning the most basic of things. It's if I really get practical in the session, we give people objects, everyday objects, an elastic band, paperclip, and they have to formulate 50 questions about it and then have to do a small little presentation about this object, a paper clip, elastic band, whatever it is. Now, it's not about the paper clip. It's not about the elastic band. It's about focusing attention. And one of the practices to develop curiosity is through focused attention and asking questions, one starts cultivating this curious mind.
0: Eric, I think that is brilliant. I have really enjoyed chatting with you today. And I'm looking forward to continuing our discussion in part two, we will continue focusing on the new ways of thinking and really focusing our attention on dealing with paradox. I think that's incredibly exciting how we teach that. And then also looking again at growth mindset. I think we didn't get a chance to cover that in today's session. So really just focusing on that as well. So thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you, Karen. It was great to be with you and I look forward to our next chat.